Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Welcome to Pod 72, a day before I turn 4-9. That's right. Last year in this decade, well, age-wise, I I don't. I still haven't figured out the math, but I've lived in six decades, even though I'm only forty or be forty nine tomorrow. But regardless, plenty of stuff going on in sports. I'm back this week after a great draft show last week with Ryan and Riley. Excellent job again to those guys. Lots of good kudos from them. NBA playoffs are going on. Anybody who says Tom Izzo can't develop NBA talent, um, there's three MSU front court players in one semifinal alone. NHL playoffs, I believe, start tonight. I wasn't sure last week or the last two weeks when the heck that started. I don't know why it starts so late. It's May. I mean, it's cold here in Michigan, like it's hockey weather. But please, like, do we really need to end winter sports in July? We've been over this before, but ridiculous. The baseball grind has officially begun, in my opinion. I think the luster of the first opening series and big things that happened in the first month has kind of gone, and now we're settled into... There's another game. There's another game and streaks and all that stuff. Tigers aren't playing all that well right now. Um, so, yeah, baseball is def- definitely taking a back seat. And the draft dust has settled, and we'll cover that a little bit. We've got lots of good topics. We're actually going um, full on around the world because we've got a couple of different things to throw in there along with our typical now bracket and golf and Mount Rushmore. So, without further ado, Ryan. Let's go to the podium. The lectern is yours. As usual, I'll keep it pretty quick. Uh, But yeah, uh, this is interesting news. I think it came out yesterday or Sunday. I can't remember. Um, But Fox, uh, for college football, they're looking to bring back one Urban Meyer to their um, big noon kickoff setup. Um, Oh, boy. I don't know, Fox, if this is a a great look for you guys. Will they be filming in Applebee's? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Will Will he be able to kick the other... Um, people, I don't know. Are they going to have a kicker he can kick? Yeah. yeah. Well, is there a kick? No, there's no kicker on there. No. You can kick Matt Leinart, I guess. Um, not a good look, Fox. You can't do that. He, this guy's trouble. He's trouble everywhere he's been. Um, he was a good analyst. He but was good, but we don't... There's no place for him. No. Yeah. Gross. Agreed. Don't do it, Fox. Don't do it, especially if you take the Big Ten on full-time. All right, mine, a little bit more serious note, something semi probably touched on before. It's no secret kind of where my allegiances lie on the left to right spectrum for sure. But I just want to mention one thing that's become a little bit concerning, and kudos to Kristen for kind of pointing this out, is there have been more and more uh, suicides of young female college student athletes lately, and it's alarming to be honest um having a daughter who's an ncaa swimmer who's had to endure bullying from her own team from her own coach over things like weight over things like taking the vaccine against their will it's no wonder this stuff is happening but my question is is why do we as a society spend more time propping up and and throwing propaganda at all the reasons why we should celebrate Leah, a.k.a. Will, I swim with a rudder, Thomas, as winning a women's national championship when we're not facing that our actual female daughters, sisters, cousins, nieces um, are suffering. I mean, clearly there's something going on. We're coming out of the pandemic, depending on who you ask. Um, We probably should have never been in to begin with. That's another topic for another day. It's also been covered here ad nauseum. Um, so you've got some of that factor, that alone factor. 
Um, there's a lot of different factors to it. I got a question a little bit. This vaccine that was so magical, do we really know some of these side effects? Is that causing it? I'm not saying that it is, but you you have to dig deep and you have to ask because heart issues among athletes spiked like 700% in the last year. Suicides are up more than ever. Yes, I get it. There's more media coverage. Things get covered more, but still, these are national stories. The last one I knew of, but I think there's been other ones even more recently, is the James Madison catcher who was, I think, all-conference James Madison, really good, going to probably go to the Women's Softball World Series and, you know, tragically committed suicide a week or so ago. I mean, heck, you had Winona Judd, who's like a, you know, a cornerstone of women's country music at age 76, dealing with mental health issues, and she committed suicide the other day. So, like, when are we going to start actually diagnosing the problem and stop with the propaganda that gets out there and all the things that are trying to pit left versus right and all the things that we're trying to unnaturally force on kids? No wonder kids feel compelled to just pull the trigger. No pun or pun intended, I guess. Um, You know, with all the pressures and all the things that are going on in the media and the expectations and not even treating women like women. I'm disgusted by it. Um, I wish the NCAA would spend some time figuring that out. Um, You know, especially again, having a daughter that's a student athlete. It's sickening the things that we focus on when we're not looking the problem square in the eye. That's my podium for this week. So for the tee up, Ryan and I just were tossing this around. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. We're going to tee up somebody who teed up this week, aka don't watch a whole lot of NBA. You've heard me say that before, but I will watch when Michigan State guys are doing well. Draymond Green obviously is is kind of the, the straw that stirs the Golden State Warriors. And I get it. It was a hard foul. He grabbed Jersey. I understand there's probably some protocol in there. But really, you give him a flagrant two and throw him out of game one when as soon as he grabbed whoever it was that he pulled, the, you know, fouled by his jersey, tugging his jersey, he started to catch him on the way down. Right, like he knew that. Okay, I grabbed Jersey. I meant to just give him a hard foul, but he clearly didn't mean to harm him. And yet, we're going to use him as an example. This was not like the kick or punch in the nuts with LeBron, which even then was like, "Come on, LeBron, take it like a man." Um, but clearly, refs are tuned into Draymond's past reputation, which is garbage. It's like the bad boys used to get whistled quick after a while because they had a reputation. It's a hard foul. It's basketball. It's not patty cakes. Mm-hmm. Tee up the freaking officials. Let them play. You want to call a flagrant one? Fine. Give them two shots the ball, whatever the rules are in the NBA. They probably give them like 12 shots and three possessions in a row. I don't even know. I can't keep up with the, the garbage rules that they have. But that's the tee up. Ryan, you got anything else on that? No, that's, that's all. All right. Moving into around the world. Uh, we'll start in spot one, and I'll let Ryan probably take most of it here because he did all the work on the draft. But let's do a little draft recap. Any kind of major surprises? Um, just, you know, maybe specifically talk a little bit about the Lions. Michigan State actually had a little bit better yeah, draft than guys. expected. Four guys, I think. Nice. Widely, two were definitely expected. Maybe three. Uh, our AJ, our Curry slips in towards the end there um, to get four. But Ryan, give us a little bit of a kind of a recap of the draft that yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, pretty, you know, much what we thought it was going to be. You know, a lot of receivers went early. There was a run on offensive linemen, um, stuff like that. You know, the DN's Walker we thought was probably going to go number one, and he did. Um, Hutchinson, I, I had him a little lower, um, and he went to the Lions. I don't necessarily I renounce my fanship of the Lions. I officially renounce it. I'm a Vikings and Steelers fan. I'm with you, Dob. I'm with you, Kirk Cousins. The Lions picked, in my opinion, the biggest waste he of space in this draft. Yeah. I, I He's got bust potential. Could he be good? Yes. Will he be number two worthy? Great? His floor is high. No. His ceiling is not very... Right. His floor and his ceiling are compressed. Low. Like, you'd have to crawl through. That's how the, what little difference is, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. What do I know? But, and yes, I understand I'm a Michigan State guy, and... It comes across as sour grapes because he's a Michigan guy. It has nothing to do with that. When people tell me left and right, he's not as good as the Bosa brothers, and yet he went higher than the Bosa brothers. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't buying it. I think I, I think Jacksonville got it right. Like Booger McFarland said, you don't draft on what they did in college. You draft on what their potential is in the NFL. Even that was probably a stretch. Look, there's probably no clear cut number one this year. To be honest, the no. top five, you know, really should have been more need based. I thought the Lions should have traded down 
I thought they should have gone after a safety. I mean, I know they got one later, but I, I would have preferred for them to go after uh, the kid from Notre Dame, myself, Anderson, yep. you know, mid-round, whatever. They ended up picking um, they're picking again earlier in the, in the first round because they traded that pick. Trap, trade up, got with my team. Williams, who, um, you know, his his potential's through the roof. He can take a top off the defense with his speed, his, his route-running ability. It's a risk, though, with that ACL. Um, you know, coming back, I, I would imagine he's not going to be ready to go at the beginning of the season. Um, uh, he said, I heard to the other day like by it. training camp. You know, like here's the thing about him, too. Like so a lot of people might not realize he actually started at Ohio State. So I believe they went something like 11, they 12, three, 13, three in a row. Yeah, they went, um, sorry, I'm looking at it right Because they had Olave went, yep. you know, in there to the Saints. And yep, they went, it went Wilson, Olave, Williams. Yeah, so, I mean, that's three for, at least when you throw in the fact that he's a former three Buckeyes receivers in a row, you wonder why their offense was so prolific. I, you know, look, the Lions needed a wide receiver. I think wide receivers are one of those positions where you can get a steal later. Round, like, but... you know, last year, Amon Ra, whatever, they got him, what, towards the fourth. fourth round? I think fourth, yeah. I mean, I think this guy could be great if he's... If he's, if healthy, he's healthy, he's going to be very good. But we saw yeah. that with Charles Rogers. He but can was Jared great. Goff get him the ball? Right, and Charles Rogers was great, but then he got hurt and ended up being a bust. Roy Williams was a good pick when the Lions picked him, but then they picked Mike Williams, who wasn't that good. So, like, I I don't know. That's It's funny. My new team, the Vikings, were pissed that they traded out of that spot because, you know, of course, half their fans want a quarterback because they're dumb. They sit there too close to it and see, you know, have unrealistic expectations of the rest of it. You need to build your line on both ends first and then go outward from there. Um, and you've got a quarterback that is in the top 10 stats-wise with some good young weapons at running back and wide receiver. You don't need a quarterback. You need the pieces that can protect him and the other pieces and parts that take to win a championship. So I think that was probably a great move for the Vikings to drop out. They didn't see anybody that was of value to them. Um yeah. You know, it could have been. A, there were a lot of trades there in the middle, and there could have been a lot more at the top. Honestly, just because, again, I mean, I can't, I can't remember a more eh, draft like major yeah, name no wise. Studs. No studs. I mean, some really good players, and let's not mince words there. I mean, we plenty of guys that are going to be really good for their careers, but nobody that screams to me Hall of Famer anywhere. Really, yeah, not right now. you know, somebody might jump out. Obviously, that happens, but um, yeah. So completely agree. You know, the other thing I love that a lot of trades. Naylor went to the Vikings, or like that. So that's another. Yeah. It's Michigan State. Hayward to, Michigan to State. the Hayward to the Steelers, yeah. home where dad and brother, big brother, dad played, big brother plays. So my yeah, my two cool. teams got two former Spartans now. So very that's cool. good. Very cool. Um, where did R. Curry go? I can't remember where he went. He was late, like last, seventh round or last so. Pick, I think almost uh, Mr. Um, Irrelevant or whatever. Did they? Michigan State have any? Um, dra- yeah, I think other guys. He, uh, he got picked by the Rams, so not a bad organization. No, no, and they picked a f- former Spartan a couple years ago in Allen too, and who's done pretty well. Yeah, there, I so. think um, Coglin got whatever invited to the Bears camp. Yeah, not many Trish. kickers get picked anyway. Um, he would fit with the Bears. He can kick it like about forty-two yards, and that's it. So, um, trying to think who else. I can't think of them other Michigan State it. news. Kavarius Crouch hit, entered the transfer, transfer portal, portal, which not you know, surprising, interesting, but whatever. That's a guy that you would think that would have some NFL prospects based on his skill set and his measurables, but. That's that's a down the road discussion, but I mean, anything else stand out to you, Ryan? In the draft, yeah, I, the, I didn't watch. I that think there's a it. lot of trades. I mean, you see, you know, guys like Hollywood Brown going to the to the Cardinals second. The Packers didn't get a receiver again in the first round, but they got one early second, a pretty good one. Um, that's a that, team that but, should have traded up in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they should have. But you know, you look at them. I mean, Cardinals look like I mean they had a decent draft. They kind of helped you know Kyler Murray. Falcons had a decent draft. Got Ritter. Um, it was weird the quarterback situation. We were picket and then not to Ritter. I think he was mid third. Yeah, Maybe I mean that was the latest, uh, latest and only one quarterback in the first round in long, long time. The Ravens and the Bills killed the draft. They both did fantastic. I thought the Eagles did as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Canine to the Seahawks. It yeah. got a bad grade for the Seahawks because they felt like they had they have somebody else under contract that's a big money guy, and they felt like they needed. 
you know, more pieces and parts. I mean, I think anywhere Canine goes, he's going to be really, really good in electric. He's just he's good that line. good. They got a, they got a cross with the, their first pick. So. I think he's going to be better than um, Breeze, in my opinion. I just I, I think he showed it more over time. But again, what's more important, what you did for your college career or what you can do mm-hmm. in your skill set? Walk Canine's fast. You know, led the country and hit the yards after tackle. Right, like it just so Run many people, so over. many things that line up for why he would have made more sense earlier. But whatever. Um, all in all, I, you know, I, I watched a little bit of here and there. I honestly, Ryan can attest to this. As soon as the Lions picked Hutchinson, I said it before that I'm like, if the Lions pick him, I'm no longer a Lions fan because I've said that on the podcast for a while, and I'm going in the hot tub. And they picked him and. Five minutes later, I was mm-hmm. in the hot tub for most of the first round. So, true story. Um, yeah, I uh, I like to watch it just because it's kind of fun, you know, like the movie draft day to Reaction. see if stuff happens. There's a lot of moving and shaking and some fun stuff. Um, I like to see how Michigan State guys do. How about Georgia? Fifteen guys drafted. I mean, that is a that's a record, and no wonder they won the national championship last year. So now think about that. They have to replace fifteen out of twenty two starters. That'll be fun next year. Did what's his, did their quarterback get drafted? No, he's staying. He's coming back. Oh Stetson yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Stetson. Uh, interesting. So, anything else you got on the? No, it was fun. Twenty twenty three mock drafts now. Already, and they're already out. A lot more quarterbacks next year, good which you know the Lions. That's good. Let's face it. Quarterbacks kind of make or break the quality of a draft because that's what everybody looks at. They're the money guys. Nobody really cares about linemen, even though they're critical. Um, and running backs just aren't what they were. It's not like the days of Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and guys like that. It's just running backs seem to be more like three- to five-year players anymore. You don't have that longevity in as many of them. So that's not as sexy a pick. Wide receivers have kind of sprung up as sexy. But if you have a, de- a dud year quarterback-wise, you have a dud draft. And that's honestly what happened. Um, I know D-Dob wasn't too happy about Pickett going to the Steelers as a as a now-adopted uh, Steelers fan. I don't mind it. Um I think that, you know, they have some quarterbacks on the roster, but I think he's a good fit, hometown fit. Throw the small hands, small you-know-what narrative to the side. Um, he's a winner. Uh, yeah, and he, he did really well and grew really well at, over his time at Pitt. I think he'll do really well there. So Yep. All right, moving on to spot number two, um, our weekly bracket. We took last week up off, obviously, for the draft. This week we are going to get away from food and, I don't know, what have we? Yeah, pretty much food yeah, and cartoons that we talked about. And we're going to go yep. sports movies, which over the course of the year and a half of doing this podcast, we've onesie twosied sports movies, certainly in the um, sprint. But now I've got it on, and you can add us all you want. I'm sure I missed a lot of movies. I just went top of mind for some of, more of my favorites, probably make it a little bit tougher. Let's start in the hoops region. You got number one seed Hoosiers facing number four seed White Men Can't Jump. Both great. I mean, Hoosiers for sure for me. All right. Glory Road, the two seed, or Blue Chips, the three seed? Oh, I like Blue Chips. Would you, you didn't take your first. Oh, I, Hoosiers, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can watch that movie and still cry after a thousand times of watching it. Um, you know, I got to go blue, blue Chips, too. Glory Road is great because it's a true story and it's really a compelling movie to watch, but... Blue Chips is actually, even though it's not a true story, kind of is a true now story. Nowadays, especially. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fun to watch. Plus, I love Shaq. Uh, young Shaq at that point in time. And pre-AAU ball coach Penny in that movie. And some yep. good old Hoosiers from my days in Indiana. So I'm going to go Blue Chips as well. So then, Ryan, we've got Hoosiers, uh, Hoosiers Blue Chips. Hoosiers. Yeah, It's uh, Hoosiers all the way. Um, and I'm marking this on my phone so that I don't forget who we picked. Uh, they're going up against the fourth-rated region, what I call the other sports region. You've got number one, Miracle, against number four, Greatest Game Ever Played. Ooh, that's tough. Man. Which is a sneaky, great golf movie. Yeah, that is great. Oh, i got to go Miracle. I love Miracle. Both are fantastic, but, yeah, Miracle. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think this is, goes to overtime, but i I got to go Miracle, too. I mean... Greatest game ever played. Both of them are true stories, or based on true stories, obviously. Um, if you haven't seen Greatest Game Ever Played, it's a fantastic movie. Shia LaBeouf is uh, is the main character in that. That's a really, really good, fun movie to watch. You don't even have to be that big into golf to watch it, but I'll say Miracle edges them out. 
Um, and they will face the winner of number two seed Rocky against number three seed Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I got to I gotta go there too. So we're both going um, the three seed uh, in this one. So you got Miracle against Kicking and Screaming. Oh, Miracle. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, one of the all-time greatest movies for sure. All right, now we're moving over to the football bracket. You got number one Rudy against this is going to be tough for you, not Ryan. Number four Little Giants. Little Giants upset. I like Rudy, but not that much. Ryan, he's offside. Ryan, picture this young man. This was just last week, laying on the floor, twirling his hair, drinking milk out of a sippy cup, eating Cheez-Its like they're going out of style. We, I believe we had a semi-tractor trailer parked out back for a while of Cheez-Its. I can attest the kid broke like three VHS, VHS tapes <laughs> watching Little Giants. Um, I got to go. I, I agree. Little Giants is a classically underrated movie, but I got to go Rudy. Um, so that's the first time that we differ. Uh, and they're going to face off against the winner of number two seed, Remember the Titans, versus number three seed, Blindside. Remember the Titans. Yeah, i, I got to agree with that. I think Blindside's a really good movie. It is good. Um, again, none of these are bad movies, because otherwise I wouldn't have put them in here. But Remember the Titans is a classic. And then, for you, Little Giants against Remember the Titans. Uh, Little Giants, for sure. For me. And then, I've got Rudy against Remember the Titans. Um even though Rudy was offsides and it is Notre Dame, I'm going to go with Rudy myself. All right. Uh, and they will face off against the bracket that is the baseball bracket. Number one, Sandlot against number four, Major League. Uh, Sandlot. Yeah, Major League is great. I did that as a, a project in my marketing research class at Michigan State about advertising in movies. Um, it's amazing how now I still watch for advertising in that movie after having done that. Um, but i got to go Sandlot. Sandlot is an absolute classic. Um, and they will face the winner of number two, Moneyball, against number three, Trouble with the Curve. And I will oh, say there's a, lot really of, good. there's a lot of great baseball movies, so I'm sure I left a ton of potentials out there, but these are probably four of my standouts. I'll say favorites. I'll go Moneyball. I really do like Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball is just... it's a compelling story. Um, Trouble with the curve is, is also excellent, but I got to go with Moneyball as well. And let's go. We're both got Sandlot against Major League or oh, Moneyball. I'll go Moneyball. All right. I nice. really do like Sandlot, but. And Ryan's going Moneyball. Okay. So let's go to our final four. We've both got Hoosiers against Miracle. Uh, Hoosiers. And then. Who do you, you, you pick? Oh, um. I got Hoosiers. Okay. And then we've got... Um, you've got Little Giants against Moneyball. So, Little Giants. Okay. Sure. And I've got Rudy versus Sandlot, and I'm going Sandlot. Like so it. I've got Sandlot versus, versus Hoosiers. I got to go Hoosiers. Still the best. Little Giants... And Ryan is going all the way to the seed. bank with the 16 seed Little Giants. Nice. All right, so there you have it. Ryan says Little Giants wins the sports movie bracket. I say Hoosiers wins. Not really a surprise if you know me. And damn it, Danny, come over to our house and we will plug it in and you will watch that movie because I can't believe as a basketball player you've never watched Hoosiers. Or Preston, for that matter. I don't yeah. think he has either. You two played college basketball and you've never seen Hoosiers. That's blasphemy. All right, moving on to spot number three, which, as you know, is our typical Mount Rushmore. Um, fun one to debate. There's always lots of things. We started to go down draft busts, but Ryan and I quickly realized we probably did that last year. That's the yeah. one thing is when you've been doing this this long, it's pretty, pretty yeah, easy to memory. go back to topics. Woo! But um, So Mount Rushmore this week of, we'll go golf style, best players to only win one major. I think a couple weeks ago we did best players to, to never, never win, win a major. Yeah. So along those lines, don't worry, we're not going to go two, three, four, whatever. So best players to win only one major. Ryan, you get first pick. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I will go with Louis Oosthuizen, runner-up however many times and all these things. Shrek, He's been yeah. so close. He's been 
He was he world number one, close to it. He might have been. I mean, he's he's kind of like a quasi Phil, not just in not just in the U.S. Open like Phil is, but British, like you know, Masters all the, the whole. And lately, two PGA last year, he was right up there. So all right, so you got yeah. Shrek. I think that's a good one. I'm going to go for my first of two picks here in a row. Davis Love, um, fantastic golfer. My boy Chris, who listens every week, will obviously remember he's a little bit more of our genre. He won the 1997 PGA. He was a guy that you always thought could win and was in contention a lot at the Masters. Didn't necessarily have a U.S. Open-style game, but you would have thought he'd win more PGAs and a couple of Masters as well, so to only win one, a little bit crazy there. Uh, For me, number two, I got to go with um, my boy, um, Freddie Couples, Mm -hmm. won the 1992 Masters. He's done pretty well in the Senior or the Champions Tour. Maybe he's won a major there. That doesn't count for this discussion. Just such a fluid swing still to this day. Dealt with some back problems. I think that's probably part of it. Um, I remember, Jeff, if you're listening, you had the Boom Boom links sticks, the irons that he played. You had kind of that long, fluid swing like he did, except for you swung out of your shoes before that was uh, in vogue. Um, and you had, you had a little bit more of a volcanic personality than Freddie. But Freddie's Mr. Smooth. He's my uh, second pick for best one-win-only major. Winner. Yeah, I had both of those on my list here, um, but put multiple because I knew you'd probably pick one of them at least. I'll go uh, Adam Scott. He's been a good player on the tour. Won the Masters 2013, I believe it was. Um, kind of, he's you know he's been close a few times to other majors. He's almost won the British. Kind of got the yips, right? but yeah, I mean he's always been a solid player on tour. Um, then my my other one, I'll go Justin Rose, another guy that's been solid. One. PG, or won U.S. Open 2013 as well, narrowly beating Phil at, um, I think it was Marion. Excuse yeah, me if I'm not that's mistaken. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. last time it was there. I wanted to go back there bad. All right, so my pick again. Um, you pick two, I get to pick two, and then you get the last pick. Uh, I'm going to go with David Duvall. He's one of those guys that like sprung onto the scene and was really great and then got combination of, I think he got hurt, but he also got the gips. I mean, he was there like, at the beginning of Tiger, like he was the guy that was going to be the battler with Tiger, and he won the t- 2001 Open. Um, he finished in the top 11 of all but four majors for like a four-year period of time, um, but only won that one Open. You know, he, you know, he was great. He was world number one. He was one of the quickest ever to world number one. Second before Scotty, he was second then to Tiger, so now third fastest to world number one um, after his first win. So, one of those guys, you're like, man, what could have been? And then for my last one, I'm going to go with a guy that, uh, Chris, you might remember this. We watched him win the Western Am at Point of Woods um, and was a contender and a lot. And I would have thought would have been certainly caliber to win some PGAs. I don't know that he ever really contended at the Masters. Um, but that's Justin Leonard. He won the 1997 Open Championship. Uh, he was runner-up three times in majors. Um, you know, he had certainly a really good career. He's a pretty good announcer now, I would say. He does a good job there. Um, and for me, well, I'll let you go last, and I, I've got a runner-up too, depending on what you've got. Yeah, um, I kind of had it between Sink and Furyk. I'll go Furyk because he's cool. Yeah, U.S. Open, I like his that loopy swing or whatever. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Kind of another guy for me is uh, debatable on whether you like him or not. Um, he tries to be a little bit more controversial, say kind of like Johnny Miller used to be. But I would say Paul Azinger. He only won the 1993 PGA uh, Championship. Um, he's another guy that I thought really had the game to do more um, and, and never really did, so... There you have our Mount Rushmore of one-time major winners. And next week, promise we won't do golf. We'll come up with something different. But if you have any ideas, certainly let us know. All right. Going to spot now number four. Let's talk a little bit. And we've Ryan and I have both talked about this a little bit lately in our podiums especially. But let's dive a little bit more into NIL because it has become a well, there's no other good way to it's say it. It's a West. shit show. Yeah, uh, no surprise that the NCAA, I'll read a little bit from this article that Ryan sent me, is finally kind of raising their hand saying, whoa, whoa, we need to put some boundaries on this. You think so? 
Like you didn't think that this was going to become uh, a meat market that is just going to be the deep pocketed boosters that find their money from who knows what laundering drugs. I don't know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I don't know where they get all this money, but like in the span of what, a couple of days, we had two transfers sign at Miami for basketball because they signed what, like $400,000, contract. Like, and one guy threatened to transfer. Did he enter? The I say Wong, no, he didn't end up entering the portal. He had like, his agent was like running the whole thing. This is not the NBA. This is right. Like, here's the per- first problem. I understand they allowed for a, that. The purpose of an agent for college sports is for you to put your toe in the water to see if you know to get good advice if you might go to the NBA draft or the NFL draft or the MLB draft or the NHL draft. Exactly. Not to help you get name, image, and likeness deals. That should be because you know Joe's Crab Shack says, "Hey Ryan, we like how you play basketball." If you show up and sign some autographs, um, you know, and we can, you know, you can tweet us and give us a little bit of love on Twitter and maybe do a TikTok video with eating Joe's Crab Shack, we'll give you $5,000 for the year. Like, that's what name, image, and likeness is Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, be. yeah, just like, right? you know, getting, getting some small sponsorships. Yeah. None of this million, seven-figure, Jordan Addison, winner of the Bulletnikoff Award from uh, Pittsburgh this year, had a fantastic season as a sophomore. Um, is in the portal now. His name's in there. Said he still could return to Pitt, but the rumor was on Friday night, um, you know, right before this May first deadline, that he was going to transfer to USC because he was going to get offered a seven-figure NIL deal, um, you know, and possibly more. Um, you when know. you got this quarterback at Tennessee, where that's like an eight million dollar deal yeah, for a guy who's never even proven himself. Same thing. That, like, that's what Quinn Ewers did. So you know, we're we're gonna say that okay. Student athletes should be able to cash in on their name, image, and likeness because schools make money off their jersey sales. Okay, so here's a simple solution. Sell everybody on the basketball team and everybody on the football team's jerseys and give them a percentage of the cut. Why do you need to get these you know, deals to, to schlep you know, hot sauce or to be like, okay, it was great, you know, our boy from St. Peter's that got the, the B-dubs deal. What was it that Buffalo Wild Wings that he got? Yeah. Um, they're not even at St. Peter's anymore after hitting the portal. But, like, you know, like a case like that or maybe somebody kind of makes like an off-the-cuff endorsement and somebody says, hey, we'll give you a few bucks for doing that. Like, I get that. But, A, put a cap on it. And, hey, Michigan State's got two guys with deep, deep as deep of pockets as anybody in Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia. I mean, we're talking about two of the richest men in the world, multi-billionaires, Funnel, funnel your money like Ishbia is into the school to support the programs, not into the players' pockets. And if you're going to do it, you put a cap on it. It's pretty damn simple. Yeah. My buddy Dan texted me. He's like, I texted him this story that Ryan sent me, and he's like, the problem is, is the lid's already off of it. It's too late. How are you going to put? How are you going to put the snakes back in the cage? Right? Like, how are you going to put the snakes back in the bucket and seal it off without somebody getting bit? You're not. And all you did was open up the NCAA to become no longer amateur and to become semi-pro. And if that's what the goal was, congratulations, you did it because it's become semi-pro. When you have guys threatening to leave a school because a booster, in most cases, is not giving me enough money, they're not giving me my due, no wonder we have an effing selfish society. Like, how about earn your way? How about, like... You you get a free education, and I still, to this day, and Polo would probably debate me on this, but show me how these guys don't have enough to eat. You guys in D3, yeah, well, you weren't on scholarship either. You got crap on the bus, but I don't know a D1 student athlete that ever went hungry. Um, could you have a little bit more money in your pocket for walk-around stuff or whatever? Sure, fine. So you put a cap on it. You say the max deal you can get is $5,000, or if you go over... $20,000 in NIL likeness, you, you have to donate it, like Iowa's center did last year to the children's hospital there. Like, I, how easy would it have been for the NCAA to to begin with to just say, you know what, we need to get ahead of this and not be reactionary, but be proactive. We're going to put some you know stakes on the ground. We're going to draw some lines in cement, not sand, mm-hmm. and we're going to figure this out. But they didn't, and now good luck putting it back together because – it ain't all going to fit back together. And the cat is out of the bag. The train has left the station. Whatever analogy or pun you want to use, that's what's happening. And good luck. And the rich are going to get richer. The schools that have 
deep-pocketed boosters are the ones that are benefiting. The boosters are the ones that are paying these guys. The boosters who, if you watched Friday Night Lights and you had, you know, Tim who had the, or not Tim, I can't remember his name now. It's been a few months since I watched. But the guy that owned the car dealership is the big high school booster. You know, forking over the money and, you know, the mailbox to get guys to transfer in to be able to play for their high school so they could load up their roster. Those are the guys that are winning in name, image, and likeness because they're funneling guys to their school. It's not the local small business that, you know, like what's a, what's one of our favorites in East Lansing that we could say. It's not... Um, Ellis Teco. Ellis Teco, or what's the one that you finally went to recently, the sandwich place that Mr. Tiscornia used yeah, to go yeah, to? Yeah, Dagwoods. Dagwoods. It's not Dagwoods saying, damn, Ryan... I love the fact that you tweeted and you like to come in here and eat our sandwiches. We'll give you a few bucks if you just promote us a little bit. That's what the whole point of it. Oh, we'll give you like a a sandwich a week or something. Yeah, to give you a few bucks in your pocket, to give you a little bit of added benefit. Not not even five-figure deals, let alone six, let alone seven. Are you kidding? Are you crazy? And, okay, so the story is task force to big money boosters. Hey, NIL sanctions could be coming. Well... Okay, good luck because how have you done on those sanctions for the Kansas basketball team or, you know, Arizona or LSU or Louisville or any of these other schools that egregiously broke rules from from that perspective from from and that didn't even have to do with NIL. But, you know, it says college leaders are gearing up to issue a warning to hundreds of wealthy boosters, a warning. Yeah, it's like a that's like saying, Hey, don't go there. I'm gonna shoot you with my, you know, grocery store dart gun. That's what their warning is akin to. To hundreds of wealthy boosters who are using NIL to ventures to involve themselves in recruiting. Uh, you didn't think that was going to happen, really. Um, university administers, part of a task force to review NIL, are finalizing additional guidelines that are expected to clarify that boosters and booster-led collectives are prohibited from involvement in recruiting. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Like You didn't see this coming? Again, how are you going to put everything back into the bucket and make it an even playing field? You, you're not. You're not. You're already behind the eight ball because you're horrible at un, uncovering infractions. And then you're even worse at actually doing anything about it, including sanctions. You know, I, this article, I think, is in SI. Uh, yeah, it's in SI if you can find it. Um, you know, I, I get it. It makes sense what they want to do. There's bylaws. And, but the NCAA can't get about its own way to begin with. How is it going to fix this problem? How is it going to fix this problem? I mean, literally... That week, when you got down towards that May 1st deadline of guys threatening to leave unless they were going to get their due, that is everything that is wrong with this and that you, Ryan, that I, that Dan, that Chris, that all of our regular listeners knew was going to happen. We sit back, we laugh, and say, I told you so. How are you going to fix it now? Maybe with Mark Emmert leaving and you completely reestablish what the NCAA does and how you govern it. I still don't get how you're going to do it. I really don't. Um, way to screw the pooch. Way to screw up the game that we love. College sports will, even with this epiphany and supposed enforcement, will never be the same again. And I, for one, am extremely disappointed. Because back in my day, when a program did that, <clears throat> SMU, I'm talking about you, they got the death penalty. I don't think anybody's gotten the death penalty since. And that's the only way you're going to clean this up is if you do that again. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that is NIL hogwash for the week. So let's move on to spot number five, our favorite spot. And if we could ever get some cooperative weather in Michigan, maybe we could start to do some course reviews. Ryan and I are playing this weekend, I think, at Diamond Springs. We didn't rate that last year. Don't think we rated that last year. Ryan did play um, Arcadia last year. That's coming up in a week from Saturday. I did not. we got to rate that anyway because that's the best course. But that's neither here nor there. We'll start to throw some of those in there. Um, don't think we're going to play in Hilton Head in a couple weeks. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll surprise you. But nothing planned like last year. So a couple questions for you, Ryan, on the golf front. If you could play one course and one course only forever, any course in the world, anywhere, mm. what would it be? Well, that's tough. Probably Augusta. St. Andrews would probably be runner-up. That'd be kind of silly. I mean, it's hard because, like, I think we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago. You go, like, well, if it's close to home, that means I can play it more. But if it's one course and you always have access to it, no matter what, unless, of course, it's, like, during the Masters or whatever, it's hard because, of course, we haven't played Augusta. You've read about it. You've seen it on TV a million times. You've 
played St. Andrews on video games and you kind of know what that's like. Right. Boy, that is a tough one. Man, it's hard to argue with with Augusta, but I almost wonder if like a Whistling Straits or or something like that might be pretty pretty cool too. Um, or go for the multiple course in one and just call it Bandon Dunes and you can play all the Bandon courses yeah. or something. But I guess for the sake of this, I'd probably go with Augusta as well. Um, and I wouldn't get sick of it. I can tell you that. I, I'm okay playing one golf course over and over because you can change up the ways that you play it. Um, all right, kind of similar. If you could play golf every day for a year, but you have to play it solo, do you do it? No, I don't think I could do it. I think I could do it, get away with doing it solo a couple times, like you know, most of the week, but it's always good to play with people, so... I don't know. Yeah, every day, meaning the weather cooperates and everything else, every day for a year but by yourself. Um, I think I would, I think I could do it with earbuds in, um, and I would probably walk it, and I would lose a lot of weight, which I need to do. Um, I will say, let's change this up a little bit. Um, If you could play golf every day, but you had to be paired up with a random twosome every time, would you do it? Yeah, I'd do it. See, that's a funny change for Ryan. So for those that don't know, up until probably even last year, every time, because Ryan and I usually just play as a twosome, um, you always take a risk because golf courses want to fill those slots, right? And so they put twosomes together. And you always take the risk that you're going to get some D-bags that you're playing with or whatever. But I think he's learned that it's not that bad of a thing. The guys that we played with a couple weeks ago at Saskatoon, a couple young guys about Ryan's age, really fun. One of them in particular just hit the piss out of the ball, so he was kind of fun to watch. Uh, we played with a guy last year who was a solo that played with us at Makatawa. had a hole-in-one, so we yep. got to witness a hole-in-one. Um, we played with that big Tennessee fan once out at Thornapple Point, mm-hmm. uh, dressed head-to-toe in creamsicle orange and looked like a good old good old boy from the old, you know, one of the old grand old Opry country bands. Um, I can't, the one that just came to mind, and I can't remember what it was. But So I would say for the most part, We've had pretty good luck with running into people because, yeah. you know, usually... It's random. When when dudes are solos or even... You know, we played with a solo uh, at Arcadia once, I he think. kind of weird. He was kind of weird, but he was, like, in town on business, and so you could tell he played by himself a lot, probably, and played a lot of things by himself. Um, but generally speaking, I think that would be an easier thing to take is to say, if I could play every day for a year and I'm just going to get paired up with a random bunch of people because you never know who you're going to play with, Right. Like, what's the story, Ryan? You tell the story that P. Preston told us about his future father-in-law. Yeah. This is a sick-ass story. He was story. warming up at... Um, Somewhere in Vegas, Mr. right? Gordy, he was warming up at... What's it called? Shadow Creek? Shadow Creek, yeah. In Vegas, just went out by himself between meetings or something. Was swinging, and he had a guy come up behind him and say, Hey, you mind if I play with you? He turned around, and it was Michael Jordan. And he played with him, and he's like, Oh, you want to you wanna put money on it? And he's like, no, he's like, no, I don't really game. He's like, well, come on, like 10 holes. He's like, all right, fine. And Mr. Gorder ended up winning um, more holes. And Michael Jordan went to his car and came with a duffel bag. And he was talking 10000 a hole, not $10. And he gave him the duffel bag full of money. No, put your, Chris especially, because I know you're going to listen to this. And you're going to answer me on text. Put yourself in his shoes. First of all, the, the GOAT. Arguably the goat in sports, in all period. Sports. Not just basketball. Who you know is an epic gambler wants to play around with you and gamble, and he says ten a hole. And between the three of us, Chris, you, me, and Ryan, ten a hole would be steep, as in ten dollars a hole would be steep because we're a bunch of cheap. Well, you're not Dutch, Chris, but we're cheap Dutch. Ryan and I, no way, right? Like, but then you're so you're thinking. And I don't know Mr. Gorder, but I'm gonna assume that he's you know kind of more like us, probably you know doing pretty he's well. Good. He's, he's pretty doing golfer. pretty well because he's playing at Shadow Creek and he's a good he's golfer. A good but golfer. but yeah. you're thinking I'm playing with Michael Jordan and I'm and I'm playing for ten bucks a hole and he shows up with a duffel bag of probably you know like fifty sixty thousand dollars in cash. Like what would you do? Because he said you'd be good for it, right? Like did did you say that in your part of the story? Like mm-hmm. you know oh I thought he's you like meant ten dollars. Yeah. He's like you would have done the same. You would have been good for it. I'd be like hell I would where where would I get that I wouldn't I don't even have ten dollars in cash in my wallet let alone tens of thousands of dollars laying around in a bag but oh those crazy stories that would be probably one of the most fun things in a year because I guarantee you you would have some stories like that 100% for sure so um, would be interesting our golf fans out there 
which would you rather play every day by yourself or play every day with a random twosome knowing that you know maybe 10 15 percent of the time you're going to get some weirdies in the in the mix yeah all right ryan how did we do last week we didn't do the, last week we, oh that's right because it was the um it, and it was the draft but i'll point out like in golf lately the favorites have really done well like scotty Very was really so. the fa- and scotty and cam were probably the top two betting favorites at the masters um, the betting favorites for the Zurich won. Rom was by for the betting favorite last week. He won this week, according to BetMGM. Anyway, the betting. Oh no, this isn't the betting favorites. These are just the picks on. Um, so I can't tell you the betting favorites, but it's. I would imagine it's probably without looking on FanDuel or whatever. It's probably Rom again or or somebody like that. I don't so know if Rom's a little less of a field, um, but. Who you got going? This yeah, week, uh, Wells Fargo TPC Potomac. You played there. Um, I have great course. Uh, I'm gonna go repeat Rory because he played really well in his last time out on the tour in the Masters. I think he's gonna be. I hot. can't. Re- I can't remember the last time there was a. They used to play the Kemper Open. I think it was at Potomac. They did the, the Potomac. Quicken Loans Net whatever. They did a Michelob thing there at one point in time too. That was a long time ago. It is a great uh, course. I played there with my boy Tyler. Um, in AFCA uh, golf outing out there, and that was a lot of fun. Um, really, really good course. And of course, we didn't play it like the pros do, but um, then, uh, pretty, some memor- pretty memorable. Then my hits. other guy is Finau. He played really well last week. Hopefully, he continues that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So okay. So betting favorites are Rory. He's plus seven fifty, and Finau at plus twenty one hundred. Um, last week I picked Abraham answer. I didn't pick him on the podcast, but I put some money down on him and he did not fare all that well. He's actually up there this week. Um, Corey Connors is up there this week. I am going to go, I'm going to go with those two. The athletic says to pick those two. That guy's usually pretty decent. I'm going to go with, uh, Corey Connors at plus 1700 and Abraham answer at plus 2800 for my two you guys. Those guys a lot this year. I know Connors has been playing well lately. I know I like Answer. I like his game. I gotta try his tequila. He just yeah. needs to get the get the win for me. I also like who I just was looking at, Seamus Power. He's pretty high up there. You also the, picked him a lot on the board. Yep. Um, yeah, you picked Connors. Looking through the time. names, there's not a ton of the biggest names in no, here. That's not for a sure. huge. Next, HHA Byron Nelson will probably be, be more next week because it's then, right before going up to Oklahoma. And it's ne- nearby right. um, Oklahoma, so yep. We'll see. I'm getting closer to another major. Yeah, a couple weeks. That'll be right before we uh, take a vacation for a week. So you'll you'll have to do without us for the week of May, oh, right around May twenty fourth or so. We will not be on. So um, plan your podcast listening appropriately around us. Oh, yes. All right, Ryan. Uh, let's end as we always do with a sprint in honor of the Derby this weekend. What, as a fan, and not huge horse oh, fan, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or Indy 500 fan, uh, what is more fun to watch as a kind of a average Joe, the Kentucky Derby or the May spectacle that is the Indy 500? Uh, I love the Derby. It's just it's kind of fun, different. Derby is just so fast, right? The yeah. fastest two minutes in horse racing or whatever they call it. I don't know if that's the Derby or if that's one of the other ones. Um, I they both have such a spectacle. Uh, I think probably I give the nod, even though it's a much longer day, to the Indy 500 just because living right near Speedway when I was a kid, went to Carburation Day, went to Pole Day. Um, you know, it's just kind of has a special place because I've been there. I've never actually been to the race, but I remember back in those days in the 80s, it was blacked out on TV and you had to listen to it on the radio. Um, but my dad met A.J. Foyt, who had just won at the time or close to winning his fourth Indy 500, which at the time stood by itself. I liked him because I was called AJ, so he was kind of a fan, so I kind of got hooked. Never was a big follower of, of that. But I would say I'm, I'm going to go Indy 500 just to be a little different there. All right. Spot number two in the sprint. Best character from the movie who won your bracket? Um, damn. Mm, that's tough. Let me think on it for a second. Um I'll go Rudy Zoltek. Zoltek. <laughs> Neighborhood-friendly gas man. Uh, let's see. So I picked Hoosiers. There's lots of good characters there. i got to go with Shooter Flatch, I think. Yeah. Carl, A.K.A. Carl Van Fleet. All right. Um, a little bit of a different 
question for you, and obviously neither of us saw one of these guys play, but best Tiger of all time, Al Kaline or Miguel Cabrera? Well, Al Kaline's, was he Mr. Tiger or whatever? Mr. Tiger, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be him. I mean, you can't be named that and not, not be the best. Cabrera's a hell of a player, though. Career, K-line, 3,007 career hits, 297 batting average, 399 home runs. Well, Cabrera's got him beat. He won that. a lot of gold gloves. Cabrera won uh, triple the Triple Crown before, so I Bulls pulled up some other stats. So Cabrera, just comparatively, um, 310 career hitter. 3,004 hits at this point, 503 home runs. Wow. I would say from a hitting perspective, it's Miggy. Um, and arguably, I don't know if it's, you could argue that it's tougher to hit now than it was then. I don't I don't know. I'd have to look back at some stuff. Fielding-wise, it's, it's K-Line. K-Line played his entire career as a Tiger, so I just think that'll be the tiebreaker for me. I love Miggy, but tiebreaker for me is, is uh, the fact that Al was a lifelong Tiger. And... Let me get this back up here. Go back to our thing. Number four. Vacation's coming up, Rob. We talked about it a little bit, yep. bragging about it. What is your go-to beach beer? Corona. Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, I'm gonna go Corona Light in the bottle with a lime light because you can drink a few more of them. Um, doesn't bloat you up too much on the beach. I'm already a fat beach whale when I'm sitting there, but I am looking forward to sitting there and down in some Coronas and listening to some good music and playing a little beach chip and putt, whatever game we kind of came up with, like bocce golf ball that we came up with last year. Uh, I cannot wait. Yep. All right, Ryan, give us the social media push. Final score 35, you know the drill. Appreciate you guys listening. If you're listening on whatever, Spotify, Apple Pod, found that like button, leave a comment, tell us we're good, tell us we're bad, whatever you think. Um, give us if you if you have any ideas, give us those. Uh, but appreciate you guys listening. Shout out Team Andrews Realty. Um, go to them; they're the best in the business in Grand Rapids um, in West Michigan in general. Uh, and if you, anyone else uh, has any sponsorship ideas, uh, shoot us an email, DM us on Twitter, whatever text if you got it. Um, please let us know. We'd love to you know have a golf segment. We've talked about it for a while. Um, golf segment uh, sponsor so. And yeah, and speaking of which, Ryan and I kind of mentioned this when we went and played Saskatoon a couple weeks ago. JG, we do still owe you for winning the March we'll Madness. Take you we'll take you golfing. Hook up with Ryan. We'll figure it out one of these Saturdays. We'll take you to like you know Grace Will or you know some go track. No, Tyler we'll Creek. We can go Tyler back. Creek, your, your backyard course. Maybe we'll go to Quail Ridge. We'll figure something out. Hook up with Ryan. We'll, we got to hook you up because we got to be good on that gift. All right. Uh, as Ryan said, shout out to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor, Loyal. Been there since day one with the podcast. Appreciate them. If you have West Michigan Realty needs, look them up, teamanders.com. Meantime, a quote that I wrote down that I heard him say directly, I believe it was probably not on live TV because he wouldn't have been able to say one of the words in here that I will be good FCC-wise and not repeat even for the best golfers in the world, golf is effing hard. Thank you, Mr. Scott Van Pelt. That is true.